God, we love you, Lord. We love you. The Holy Spirit does so many things in our life. He empowers us. He enlightens us. He anoints us to use us. The apostles and 120 followers of Christ have been waiting in the upper room. And the Lord said, wait for the Holy Spirit. And they really didn't understand what he meant. And all of a sudden, this rushing wind came through. And they went from going from in hiding to they went out in the balcony and open and they just started preaching. See, the Holy Spirit empowers you to start prophesying, testifying, saying the things that God has burned in your heart to share with the lost. He empowers you to go out and to make a difference in your world. I don't know about you, but our nation, our world, our state, our county, our city needs Jesus desperately. I'm sure all of you have heard of the violent act that was done in Uvalde, Texas at Robb Elementary School. 19 young kids were murdered. Two teachers were murdered. And a grandmother was murdered by a crazed gunman. Our hearts are like bleeding. What's wrong with these people? A dear friend of mine that I pray with every month, every week, he grew up at that school, and he and his wife and they know a lot of people in that community. Pastor Michael knows someone that lost a nephew or a niece there. There's people that are broken. The northern part of our state is massively on fire and they haven't been able to contain it yet. Down in the Gila, it's on fire. And now our bosque right here, just south of Montaño, right at Coors, is on fire. There's so much tragedy around us, so much need even within us, that I'm asking you to really seek God and ask him to take care of your need and then the need of those around you. God, we come to you with brokenness and heavy hearts, but we come to you because, God, you are the one that can transform this world. And Father God, to whom shall we go but to the Lord? So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise, honor, and glory for who you are and what you do in our life. And some people don't understand, and they say, how could God have allowed this to happen? Lord, there's wickedness in this world, and he's given us a will to do his. I pray that, Lord, you fall over the whole town of Uvalde, all those families and all the surrounding towns and father just the urgency at our schools to be protected and shielded the urgency at churches and public forums father god to be protected and shielded heavenly father bring healing to that brokenness bring healing lord god that only you can do Father, our world's going to forget about this in a couple of weeks, but those family members will never, ever forget this. So allow them, Lord, to begin the healing process and to constantly lean and fall on you 
because Lord you can truly heal their wounds and you can make them whole once again Father God we pray Father for our state please fall on New Mexico Lord we need the fires to stop we need you to send rain 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 God, let there be rain to the north, south, east, and west on the four corners of this state in the, in the small little area down uh, in, in, in the El Paso and Las Cruces region in every other area, Lord, in between. Father God, bring the moisture that we desperately need. We're in a massive drought. We need you to intervene, God. We need, Lord, you to protect our first responders. Those that went there that are falling apart, they're broken and hurting. Thank you that, Lord God, those men responded so quickly and were able to stop the tragedy from being even greater. Father, be with us here at New Beginnings. You know what every person is going through that's in this room and everyone watching online. God, you know marriages that are broken and hurting, and you know families that have just gotten really bad news. Some that have had a loss in their life. Some that, God, are going through really difficult times. Father, some that are going through medical issues right now. Some that, Father God, are going through financial issues. God, we just pray that you meet every single need, every single need by the blood of Jesus. My God shall supply all your needs, your word says, according to his riches and glory, which are in Christ Jesus. So thank you, Lord. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Pour your spirit out. Yes, Father, pour your spirit out, God. Pour it out onto each and every one of us in this room, Lord, outside of this building. God, your spirit of peace, Lord, your spirit of impact, God, your spirit of change, Lord, of rest. 
Father, your word says that you weep with those who weep. God, so I pray that, Lord, we know that, God, not just through our reading of your word, God, but through our own individual experience of that with you, God. That we know that you meet us where we're at, God. You cry with us, that you hug us, Lord, that you embrace us, God, that you are here to wipe our tears away. Father, I pray that we each all understand that, God, and that we find rest in that and refuge in that, God. Father, I pray that your word today just affirms that, God, that this, that the word that we receive, Father, just has that same impact, Lord, that it deepens that truth and that faith, God. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Why don't we go ahead and just greet our neighbors? Good evening, church. Good evening, church. Why don't we all take our seats? I'm sure you all you see all these amazing young kids coming in. Wow, this is a lot of kids. Wow. Yes. Hello, hello. All right, church. So before we address the before we address the bunch of young elephants in the room, I'm gonna go ahead and just <laughs> I know. Uh, oh no. You're not elephants, don't worry. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share a few announcements. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Cool. So I'm going to share some a few announcements while everybody gets settled in. I know it's a little loud right now, but that's what we like. That's what we like. This is awesome. So my first um, announcement for the night uh, is I'm just going to quickly address it. Camp. The m- money for camp camp is going to be due on the 31st, so that's going to be next Tuesday. Parents, if you have signed up your kids for camp but you haven't finished the payments, please, please, please get that money in by the 31st. Otherwise, on June 1st, you will be receiving an email that your child has been unregistered from camp. So please get that money in. And then on top of that, we also are in a need for nurse volunteers. So if you know CPR and you can pass a background check and you have knowledge of first aid, please, please, please call the front office it's this week or next week to put your name on the list so that we can bring you to camp too because camp is fun for the nurses too. It'll be nice. Um, And then our next announcement, newbie kids. As you can see, we have all these newbie kids here. Yay. Um, They, yeah. They are going to be hosting a family game night this Friday night here at New Beginnings. And a pool party the evening of June 11th at the Rio Grande Pool Center. Um, So registration is available online, and we really hope to see you there. I love swimming. I think it's such a fun summer activity, and it's so cool that newbie kids get to host it. I mean, how often is – I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Um, And then, finally, um, we just want to share this Sunday is going to be so jam-packed. Fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be so amazing. We are going to be having our baptism service, first and foremost. Yes. 
That is awesome. It's going to be following immediately after second service. So, church, if you have not been baptized yet or if you want to rededicate your life to Christ, this this Friday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the best time to do so. And then right after that, we're going to be having a meet and greet with our pastors. So, yeah. They're pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome. So um, please, please, please join us for that. We're gonna, it's going to be a small, uh, not potluck, but we'll have food there for you or d'oeuvres, if you want to use a fancy term. Um, but it's going to be so cool just getting to know our pastors, and our pastors get to know us as well. It's, it's a vice versa thing. And so it's going to be super cool. And then also on Sunday uh, at 11 a.m., we are going to be having our new believers class. So, again, like if you've just given your life to Christ, this is a perfect class for you. It just helps you kind of understand who this Christ guy is, why he's such a big deal, and why we need him in our lives for true change and growth and for that eternal life with God. So that is all for my announcements. And now we will address all the little elephants in the room. Um, we spoke about this on Sunday. Sorry. Uh, we spoke about this on Sunday, but tonight is our promotion night. And we are so excited. So why don't we give Pastor Richard a warm welcome as he leads us in tonight's ceremony. Don't you just love this kid? She's awesome. You know what? We love every one of you kids, and we love your children so much. And kiddos, look, the school year is coming to an end. And some of you are going from the fifth grade into the sixth grade. So you're not going to be in elementary school anymore. You're going to be in junior high. And some of you are going from the eighth grade into the twelfth grade. You're going from junior high to high school. Well, here at our church, those of you going into the sixth grade are no longer going to be in children's church. You're going to be going into the youth group. And you're going to be in the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade class. And those of you graduating your eighth grade into the high school, you're going to be in the, the high school class. And it's an amazing time of seeing your kids grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So those that have been watching over the children and children's church is our children's minister, and that's Jessica and Ramirez, and she's going to come up to just introduce those kids that are being promoted. Thank you, Pastor. So first, I would like to share what an absolute joy it is to, to just be with your kids. It's, it's different every week. We have so much fun, and we have unbelievably wonderful, skilled teachers. We've got teachers who, who give their time, their effort, and I'm so grateful because as we see them corralling the kids, even getting them where to sit, they're just so, so incredible. And I just want, if you guys would join me in giving them a hand for, for their hard work. <laughs> So the next piece is we've got fifth graders moving on up, and I'm going to call them to the stage, and you guys are going to come on up. Is David here? Uh, David, if you could come on up and join me, just because as it'd be awesome. <laughs> as as much as it grieves me to let them go, this is where this is where you're going, guys. This is going to be the person that's now going to be in charge of you. Now, I was telling some of them, I'm not leaving, and you're not leaving me. I'm still going to be around. So I love them dearly. I hate to let them go. <laughs> But let's get started. I'm going to call your names. And when you hear your name, come on up, okay? Cruz Aragon. 
Gabriela de Jesús. Justina Vigil. Joana Hernández. Juliana Hernández. Chanel Munoz. Cruz Aragon. I did two for you. Okay, never mind. He's already here. Jocelyn Garcia. Easy Dozal. Aiden Lagrange. And Iris Brown. So now, kiddos, you have completed Children's Church. You're no longer little children. And we're going to just have a prayer over them. So would you just reach out your hand and agree with us that God would continue to form these young boys and girls into young men and women? Dear Lord, thank you so much for these children, God. Thank you for these children that, that we've been allowed to see grow and help help raise up and, and train them up in the way they're supposed to go. God, let them continue to move forward and just take giant leaps in knowing you more. God, give David the words to just speak over them and breathe into their lives. Help us to be the community, the village that surrounds each and every child. We know it's hard to do it alone, and God, you just wrap each and every one with, with the community and let the, each youth know that they're grown, that they're, that they're growing, that they, they've got so much more to learn, and that they just soak it all in. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, right. this, is, this is David Sanchez. If you don't know him, stand right in there so that they all, so the, he, these guys will get to see you. And he's our youth minister, okay? So he's going to be your teacher from here on out. So we want you to know, just like you check in over there, and you can't just leave whenever you want. You check into the youth area, but you can't leave there whenever you want. But it's an but exciting you time. Amen. We are so excited, guys. Uh, what's it called? Uh, about all of this. Like some of you guys, I've seen you guys since you were like tiny, tiny. And you guys are ready to join our group. And I'm so excited. Um, you can, I think, now be seated, yeah? You guys may now be seated with the youth over here in the youth area. Lena, if you would raise your hand. Come sit down over here with Lena and Wally. And you're gonna, we're going to have Lena, a great night tonight. And, can you come and guide them over there? And you're going to follow Miss Lena. And she's going to take you to the youth area now. So go ahead and follow her. <laughs> now, mom and dads, make sure you pick your child up now in the youth area. At least these. These, you still pick them up over there. We can't keep them overnight. <laughs> Absolutely. And hey, along with these outgoing, I guess, outgoing fifth graders, incoming sixth graders, we have our eighth graders who are working their way onto our high school group. 
and our high schoolers who are ready to join you guys. And I'm so excited about this. And you know, one of the reasons that we make eighth grade kind of a big deal is, I don't know if you know this church, we've been doing small groups for the, for the last few months with our youth, discipling them with their peers, and they've been growing into a beautiful, beautiful community. Just best friends every time I see them, and it just brings so much joy to my heart. And so tonight, to celebrate our eighth graders, we'll, start, or we'll go eighth graders and seniors together since we don't have the biggest group. Uh, if we could celebrate Janessa Seaman, completed high school this year, super proud of this girl. Congratulations. And J.D. Padilla, Brother Juan, if you're here. J.D. And Gage Roten. Gage. And while he makes his way down, Marissa Yotter. Come on down. Here you go. Here you go. These kids, some of them not really kids anymore, really have my heart. I, I watched, uh, I went to school with you for one year. This guy, when I was a senior in high school, he was a freshman. Janessa's the same age. We didn't go to the same school, but, you know, I, I saw these guys a lot when I was still not as a youth director here, here just as a youth leader. And these kids, they are a real family. They really have connected. And with these guys now graduating high school, getting ready to move on to the adult world church, uh, it's, it's bittersweet for me um, seeing these kids mature and grow in church. Uh, the only thing I ask of you is welcome them in, love on them, reach out to them because they're with you now. Th this is your family. Friends, J.D., Janessa, this is your family here, and they got you just as much as I do. And Marissa Gage, you guys are ready to move on to high school. And both of you guys have come out of your shell so much since being a part of our youth, since being part of our small groups. And it's been so amazing. We're so excited for you guys to join the high schoolers and one day eventually join this community, which even now they are your community. This is your family church. Thank you so much for honoring and loving our youth just as much as I know um, you guys have been. It's been amazing so much, church. Just If we could give them one more round of applause. And likewise, would you extend your hand out as Brother David leads a prayer over them? Father God, I just thank you so much for this group of youth who stuck through, who endured me, uh, endured all the youth leaders who can be a little wild, but nonetheless continue to run the race and are ready to keep going keep running, God. I pray that they don't stray from the narrow road. I pray that they use this community here, this beautiful, beautiful community of believers as bumpers to keep them on the straight and narrow, God. I pray that they continue growing in Jesus' name in their new environment, that they step up to be leaders in the name of Jesus, God, that, that change in Albuquerque, change in new beginnings in New Mexico begins right here with this youth, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray all this. In your precious and holy name, amen. All right. You all right here in the front? Go ahead and stand up. And everyone face towards the cross. And they're going to lead you out now to your class. Thank you all for behaving, for being so good. Say bye to your mom and dads and your grandma and grandpa. And say, we'll see you guys after a while. 
Keep watch out, stepping down. And all of God's people said, Praise God. What an exciting time to see these young kids growing up so fast. And the youth group growing, it doubled in size tonight. So it's going to be a great, great journey. Hey, listen, I, we're getting ready to go to summer camp real quick. We're about uh, a month away right now, maybe about three and a half weeks away. And I desperately need someone that we call our, our, our camp nurse. They don't have to be necessarily an RN or a, a nurse. If they are, that's even better. But what you do need to have is some training in CPR and in first aid. So bandaging the cut, putting a Band-Aid. Some kids are on medication. You have to distribute the medication to them. So if any of you would really feel called to go with us, we really need you. Okay? So I desperately need someone to help in that capacity. And I hope one of you will go like, oh my gosh, I'd love to do that. I want you to know it's the most exciting time to be around close to 100 kids, full of energy, and putting in a, I'm sure it really is. It's amazing. I, I feel like I'm 30 again. And my body goes, but you're not. <laughs> okay? But I really hope that, so please talk to me if one of you feel like, uh, going along with us and doing that. Guys, I'm kicking off a new sermon series tonight. And I don't know if any of you have seen the TV show Flip the House. Flip the House, it's somebody that, they buy a house that's run down, it's called a fix-me-upper. It's a house that's kind of dilapidated. It's a house that's been neglected. It's a house that, that they didn't keep up with things and, and it just kind of started deteriorating. And somebody will go in there and they see beyond what's there. They see a vision of a, of a new house and being resurrected again. A new house that's being rebuilt. A new house that's being remodeled. A new house that, that is full of life and love and hope again. And when I saw that program, I don't watch it that often. I happen to see it. I go, ooh, that'll preach, baby. Flip the house. That's what I want to talk about for the next few weeks is flip the house. How to turn our dilapidated, falling apart family, our family that we've neglected, our home that we have allowed the devil to come in and just chip away and chip away. And now you're wondering, can we ever have hope again? Can we ever have this, this dilapidated house, this dilapidated home, this dilapidated family have life again. And so tonight I'm, I'm calling the whole series Flip the House, but tonight what I'm talking about is just when you thought it was too late, just when you thought it was all over, just when you thought there's no more hope. I want to tell you that Jesus could do the impossible. Amen? What's impossible for man is possible for God. And God can turn it around and he can flip the house. He can flip the home. He can flip the family. He can flip you if you allow him to and make you new. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 23, it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. 
Man, we've inherited an empty life. And God says, man, I'm gonna, I want to fill it with me. I want to fill it with the qualities that I want you to have. And he goes on to say, and it was not paid for, uh, with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from all your sins when you obeyed the truth. So not so now rather you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, he says. You've been born again. We ought to say thank you, Jesus, for giving us your blood. But he goes, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. So, Father, I pray that, Lord, your word, which is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, that your word right now would pierce our heart and help us to understand that, Lord, just when we thought it was over, just when we thought it was too late, just when we thought, Lord God, the marriage is ending, just when we thought the kids are straying away, just when we thought we don't know if we could pull this together, we have a God that already has. So in Jesus' name, help us get it, I pray in Christ's name, amen. I was thinking about this, and I asked a few people, what are some words or phrases that define families today. Some of the things people told me, they said stress. Parents who are ignorant. Parents and family members that hurt each other. Families that want to get closer to God and understand him better. Families that think they can't change. And families that know they can change, but it's got to start with them. And I was, I was talking to them. I said, man, see, half of them had hope. The other ones were like, I don't think there's hope. I don't think we could do this. I don't know if we could do this. I don't know if I even want to do this. But in the name of Jesus, I pray that today you allow the spirit of the living God to speak into your life. That you take the words out of Hebrews chapter 4 where he says, do not harden your heart, but hope and listen to the Lord because he wants to say something to you. And some of us have a preconceived idea thinking it's too late. It's too far gone. We can't do it. But I'm here to tell you as long as you're living and as long as you're breathing and as long as you trust in God, he could transform your life and those around you. And I'm talking to you at home right now. Wherever you're watching from, God has a word for you. So don't Shut down your, your internet and listen to what God is going to say. 
The first thing we need to do if we truly are going to believe God and trust God and see him move supernaturally in our home and turn it around and flip our life and flip our house and flip our marriage and flip our home, the first thing we have to do is know that God can change you. God can change you. You've got to align yourself to get changed, but God can change you. I'll never forget when my son was just learning to walk and my wife was, we were in church and it was on a Wednesday night and I was preaching and, and uh, all of a sudden she went to go change him and he had already learned to walk. So she's in the back room changing him, but we didn't have a changing table. So she was using a little chair that she had got and she's changing our son. And when she took off his dirty diaper and his dirty clothes and set it aside and she looked back, he was missing. He was gone. And she's like, ah! and she looks down the aisle of the church and there's my son running and all he had a shirt on, but he didn't have anything else. And he's running and he came up to me and I picked him up and I put his little butt right there and it's hanging over and I'm holding him. And I said, did anyone lose a baby? Now, the reason I'm sharing that is because she was wanting to change him. Her intention was to change him, but his intention was to hit the road. I'm getting out of this place. Free at last, free at last. I'm running away from mama. And he wasn't in line with getting changed. You see, that'll preach. God is saying, I want you to come to the changing table. I want you to be transformed. I'm here waiting at the altar. I want to take your life. I want to set you free. I want to give you a mind that will be a mind that is clear and a mind that is on." focused on me. I want to give you a life that's free of all the habits and destructive things that you're doing. And I want to give you a life that is going to be so new. You're going to say, why did I wait so long? Why did I run away whenever God wanted to put me on that changing table? Don't run away. Run to him. Run to him. You see, a lot of us are afraid of the change because we want to be in control of the change. And that's what's been happening. You've been staying in control of the change and that's why there's no change. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. And you're always getting the same thing over and over because you know what? You refuse to align yourself to be changed by God. John chapter 9, verse 39 says, Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think that they see so that they're blind. Man, did you hear what he said? He came to give sight to the blind, and he wants those that think they can see to let them know, you're blind, you don't even see. You're walking around and you think you can see, but you're missing everything right in front of you. They miss the Messiah. They miss God. The the Magi, the wise man came and said, where is Jesus? Where is the Magi? Where is Yeshua supposed to be born? 
And the leaders came and said in Bethlehem. And they said, we know all about those things. You're so lucky you came to us. And they go, well, we've seen a star in the sky. We've been following it for a long time. And so they go, yeah, just go over to Bethlehem because that's where it's supposed to happen. But do you think they went to follow to meet the Messiah? No, because they did not believe. They had sight, but they were blind. Some of us have sight, but we're blind. We're going through thinking we see the Lord, but you know what? He's going, you're missing it altogether. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, he says, you say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need anything. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Man, how messed up is that? You think, oh, I don't need nothing, man. I don't need that. Oh, going to church. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you're a Jesus follower now. Oh, you're a disciple of Christ. Oh, I don't need any of that. You're so blind, you don't even realize it. You're naked. You need a covering. You need a spiritual covering, and you don't even realize it. You're not seeing the things that are there. You're so wretched. You're so miserable. You're so poor that you say, well, everyone is anyway. I'm telling you, there's people in this room that are thinking just like I'm telling you. And then there's other people in the room that are saying, you know what? Man, that's not true. Because you know what? I was all messed up and I turned my life over to the Lord. And even when I have a bad day, it's still a good day. Because my God can do and turn anything around. My God can turn all things around. To those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So know in your heart, know in your knower, know that God can change you. Some of you think you're too far gone. And he's saying, flip the house. It's not over yet. I see the house as righteous. You see it as wretched. I see the houses shining for the Lord because the light of Jesus is there. And you see it that doesn't have any power. Oh, that you would see it the way God does. Because he wants to change your life. Amen? Amen? Second thing we need to understand, and you got to know in your knower, know that the one who needs to change the most is you. Know that the one that needs to change the most is you. Did you just hear what I said? See, some of you, as I'm speaking, you're there thinking, oh, man, I wish my husband would have come tonight. He sure needs this message. Man, my wife is so stubborn, I wish she would have come to church. Oh, my kids are so lost, and I wish they would have been here. And you're thinking of someone else, and God's saying, how about you? You're not perfect yourself. Now, you might be a lot better than you used to be, but you still might be a little messed up. You know what I mean? Some of us still twitch a little. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. You say, God, I want to do it your way. You do it your way, and then you do something dumb. Haven't you ever been having a great day and you do something dumb? Come on, admit it. I, I, I can't even tell you what you've done. And you can tell me. Because for some reason, we lose our focus. For some reason, we lose the power that we tap into. For some reason, that's why we said, Holy Spirit, blow. 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 Lord, just send your spirit. We need your power. We need your presence. We need your goodness. We need anointing. We need fire, God. Fire. Someone told me a long time ago, 
that they watched a testimony on the 700 Club. And this pastor had been pastoring for about 10 years. And he, as he came to the end of his sermon, he had never given an altar call because his church didn't really do those things. But that day he said, oh my goodness, I preached such a powerful sermon that it was God speaking through me because he spoke to me. And that day I made an altar call and the pastor was the first one there and he got saved. He had been ministering for 10 years and he wasn't even saved. Now hear me. Just because you live in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. And just because you come to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Some people don't even like using the word Christian anymore. I'm a Christian. Everyone's a Christian nowadays. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I just read an article and shared it with my staff that 39% of pastors, only 39%, That means 61% of pastors do not believe in the full deity of God. That 39% don't have a biblical worldview because they think that the Bible's like, oh, I mean, the Bible's kind of outdated. And, And see, and some of you feel like that. But the life, the life that's in the Bible, when you tear open the Bible and you open the Bible, it just jumps at you. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. This was written thousands of years ago and it's talking about right now, right here today. Because it's active. It's, it's living. It's the word of God that pours itself out to you. And we have to understand that. And, and we've got to understand that we need to be changed. See, we, some of us believe God can change, but we are constantly praying that he changed somebody else. And we fail to look in the mirror. What's the old saying? When you point a finger, you're pointing three right back at you. That's why I'm always going like that. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure nothing goes back to me, baby. <laughs> no, but all kidding aside, you do. We're so judgmental. Look at you, look at you, look at you, look at you, look at you. And how about look at you? It's always Pikachu, Pikachu. But how about you? (laughs) Okay, that was stupid. I know. (laughs) But hear me. We have to really look and say, God, I think my wife needs to change, God. My husband's a mess. Our son, our daughter, our brother, our sister, our mom, our dad, our grandma, grandpa. Oh, God, please. That's just the people that are part of our family. The people at work, people at school, people in our organization. People, people, people. God changed their life. But let me tell you something. When it starts with you and it happens in you and you realize that you needed it even more than them, that let me tell you something. God uses you and he will transform a community through you. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about this power, this life living in these fragile jars. Our life are fragile jars. Our life are these jars that are made of clay that is fragile. 
but the power that lives within us. The power is life-giving. It's life-changing. It's life-transformation. But it's got to start with us. Not just that God can do it, but you know what? God, do it to me. Before you do it to my wife, do it to me. Before you do it to my husband, do it to me. Before you get my kids, my mom and dad, my brother, sister, my grandma, grandpa. Before you do it to anybody, Lord, let it start with me. Because, God, I need to be right where you want me to be. And until I'm there, everyone else around me is just going to say, yeah, right. You want me to be like you? You live like the devil. And maybe not seven days a week, but you live like the devil four days a week. Because you know how it is. Some days you have a good day and some days you have a bad day and you just forget all about being a Christian. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5, it says, And why worry about a speck in your your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, Let me help you get that rid of that speck in your eye <laughs> when you can't see past the log in your own? You hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, he says. Then you will see well enough. You will see well enough to deal with the speck in your eye, in your friend's eye. So he's saying, start with you. Start with you. Take it out of your eye and say, God, I need that transformation. First I know you can do it, and Lord, now I realize you need to do it with me first. And then the third thing we need to do is know that God can renew and resurrect your life. He really can renew and resurrect your life. He can truly transform it. He can truly make it new. He can truly flip the house. He can truly do things that you never thought he would do, and yet look at you where you are on a Wednesday night. Who thought you would be at church? Instead, you used to be at happy hour. And now this is happy hour. This is glory hour. This is joyful hour. This is God's hour. Man, he's changed us. And to think, this used to be a nightclub. Some of you guys used to come here. Snap out, demon. (laughs) Let him fill you with his power, with his might. Because he can renew you and resurrect your life. He can make it new again. He can transform it. Look what he says. Know that God, he goes right there in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. For Christ died, for we died, rather, and we were buried with Christ by baptism. So baptism, it's a form of dying. You're literally, when you go under the water, it's like if we're burying you. We're burying your old life in the water. And it says when you come out, look what it says. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now you also may live new lives. So when you come out of the water, it's like, I'm new. I'm new. God, this is a symbol that I'm new. So look, if you've never been baptized since you gave your life to Jesus, it is so important that you do that. Now, some of us, I was baptized as a little bitty baby. But you know what? He says, when you come to know me, when you come to know me, when you come to experience transformation, when you come, you need to get baptized. Some people say, well, I was baptized, but I backslid. I was all messed up. Can I get baptized again? Yes. 
Some people renew their vows. That doesn't mean they're getting married over and over and over. But what they're saying is, we messed up so bad. We need to renew our vows to tell ourselves and everyone else, we're back together. We got it together. We're going to live right. And so some people get rebaptized because they say, man, I, I strayed so far from God. I need to get back with God. I'm not even living right. I'm all messed up. And so you could do that. So this Sunday, all of you that just came to Christ since in this past month, you should be saying, I'm getting baptized. I'm getting baptized. I hope you'll do that. Sign up after church. We have a lady out there named Tressa, and she's got a little booth, an information booth, a connection booth. Go connect with her and say, I want to sign up to get baptized. And she'll tell you everything you need to bring, everything you need to do. But you know what? It's because I know that God can renew people and resurrect them into a new life. And I want that to happen to me. And then the last thing we need to do is we need to know that God will not only bless you, but also your family. That means the Bible says when you come to Christ, guess what? Your mom and dad, your brother, sister, your son and daughter, your friend, your neighbor, your grandma, grandpa, they all come to Jesus too. Because you are transformed. Now that's if you're really living it. Because if you're half-stepping it, let me tell you something. God's judgment will come on you. And he'll say, quit your game playing. Quit being a fake. Quit being an, an imposter. Quit being an impersonator. Be the real thing. Look what he says in Acts chapter 16, verse, three, uh, verse 31. He says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with what? Everyone in your household. Why? Because they see the transformation that took place in your life. They see the transformation that you're living out. They're seeing the resurrected life, the dead life that was buried and the new one that rose. And they're saying, I can't even believe it's you anymore. I can't believe that you're the one that, that was here before. Two weeks ago, there was a team that was approved to go back into the prisons to minister. Pastor Chuck Aragon. He had been out of prison, and, and they said, you can't go back. And they approved him to start going and preaching. <laughs> Pastor Chris Cleveland, who had been out of prison a long time, and now he could go back to preach. Minister Renee Myers, Chavez Myers, she can now go back into the prisons and preach. Only God can do stuff like that. They even bent their own rules. They said, we might let someone in if they've been out at least seven years. Renee's only been out three years, but God is using her so greatly and transformed her life. They said, we're going to let you in now. And Chris has been out a long time, but they said, you were so messed up, we don't know if we want you back in. And now they're saying, dude, you're not messed up anymore. You're like a whole different man. Where's the Chris Cleveland we knew? And he goes, I don't know because I'm the new Chris Cleveland. Jesus Christ saved my life and he filled me with his Holy Spirit and transformed me. And the cops all knew Chuck Aragon, and so did the cartel. And the cartel is going, 
All we know is that man has Jesus because he was one messed up dude, and now he's walking with Jesus. You see, God can do the impossible. He can do what we cannot do. We have to completely surrender. We have to completely release it. We have to completely give it to God. Hear me. Some of you keep resisting. You're like our little baby. He's a grown man now, but that ran away from being changed. And God wants to change your life right now. And you're like, oh, man. Uh, he's really getting to me tonight. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. Pew! And you're out the door. And you don't even realize you're running out without your pants on. Because the whole world sees your butt to the wind. And they know, man, that dude's running from God. That girl's running from God. See, I don't have to say is God speaking to anybody because I know he is. But my question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to finally surrender? Are you going to finally say, God, today's the day I get changed. And if you need that transformation, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I've been running, I've been running, I've been running, but I'm not going to run anymore. Anyone here tonight? Yeah, is there anyone? I, I can't see the lights that are so blinding. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Anyone else? Praise God. Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, this is the greatest decision you're making. God wants to transform your life. So if you raise your hand, stand up because we're going to pray with you. We're going to believe that God's going to radically change your life, that you're going to say, glory. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. I've been set free. Church, say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, today I realize that there's hope, that I'm not too far gone. Thank you, God, that you haven't given up on me. Thank you, God, for my transformation. Because in the name of Jesus, I receive it. And I receive Jesus. And I want to be forgiven forevermore. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, let me give you a hug. I, I got some stuff we want to give you. We want to. We got some material we want to give you. Come on up, you all that are standing. I just want to celebrate with you, man. This is an exciting, exciting day. Praise God, sis. We got it, brother. What a joy! What a joy, brother. Praise God, man. God is doing a work. He's doing a work. He's doing a work. He's doing the work. Praise God, yes. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Man, people have been praying for you, and tonight God has answered prayer. Give him glory. Now, you know what? Some of you are saying, I really need that transformation, and I really need to really get my house flipped around. My life needs to get flipped around and I need to realize that it's not too late. It's not too late. So if you need an area of your life that needs that transformation, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. There's hands all over the sanctuary. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see our hand. We need your help 
in a certain area of our lives and we ask for freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I pray in Christ's name, amen. We're going to have communion. If you did not get a cup, they've got some for you. Just raise your hand, flag them down. They'll get, get it to you. But you know why I saved this to the end? Because Jesus, in the night that he was betrayed, he was meeting with his disciples. And that very night, he looked to Peter and he said, Peter, Satan chooses to sift you as wheat. You're going to deny me three times. And he looked over to Judas Iscariot and he said, one of you all is going to betray me tonight. And I have prayed for you, but go and do what you think you need to do. And Judas left to go betray the Lord. Peter stayed there and said, I'll never betray you, never did. And he ended up betraying, but he ultimately came to Christ and he for, asked for forgiveness. And you know what Jesus said? This is my body. And he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to the disciples. And he said, take this all of you and eat it in remembrance of me. So tonight we're saying, thank you, God, that you've transformed our lives. Thank you, God, for the new life, those that just came to Jesus. Thank you, God, for those of us that raised our hand saying we need your power. We need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Just blow your wind upon us. This is the body of Christ. You meet the bread. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, take this all of you and drink from it. For this is my blood. The blood of the everlasting life that I'm going to give you. It's a new covenant. I'm going to come back for the church of the living Christ. And I want you to be marked by the blood of Jesus. So tonight we have the blood of Jesus that is proof that Jesus Christ has transformed our lives. Thank you for transformation. Thank you for dying for us, Lord. We drink this cup by faith that, Lord, you have sealed our salvation with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may drink of the cup. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. Stand to your feet and sing this song out. Because, man, it's a powerful song. God, you, we need your spirit. We need your presence. We need your spirit. Pour out your fire. Pour out your, your spirit upon us, Lord. Sing it out for his glory. Spirit just minister to you. Spend that quiet time with him right now. Let him hear your cry out to him. Thank him for what he's done. Now sing it out. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Holy and all. 
come up to the altar to pray. Feel like doing that? Make your way up here. Lord, right now there's people that are needing that special time with you. And there's others, Lord God, that are saying, I thank you for what you've done. If you need to leave, we understand. Just don't make a lot of noise doing it. But Father, bless us, guide us, transform us. This man with a white t-shirt, he's a walking miracle. They told him he wasn't going to live. And God has raised him up and transformed his life. He can do it for you. Those of you that are prayer warriors, get up here and pray and, and minister. And let's sing it to his glory. First and birth, holy fear, purified in faith and deeds, honors our strength and word remain. So we the church can bear your light, ample flame, city bright, king and kingdom come is what we pray. Cause we need a fresh way, the fragrance of heaven, for your spirit has 
church, we just want to pray with you and believe God to do the impossible. Father God, you have heard our cry. You have heard our heart. Those of you watching from home, I just want to say to you, hold on. Don't give up. We love you. We're praying for a supernatural move of your Holy Spirit. Father God, we need miracles, Lord. You know, some of the news that we've gotten has been devastating. Father, there's been loss of life in some families. And Lord, we're praying for healing. Father, we just thank you for all you're doing. For these young boys and girls that are entering new territory and our youth group and our high school age and college age. Bless them. And Lord, I pray miracle in Jesus Christ's name and God's people said amen. We love you, church. God bless you. You're released to go transform lives.